go. Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott, and our guest today is Tom, all the way from New Orleans. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Great to be here. So, Tom, we're going to say good morning to you because it's morning in New Orleans. What time are we there, Tom? Uh, it's 2.30. Wow. 2.30 in the morning? No, 2.30 in the afternoon. Oh. <laughs> oh, you said good morning. I was completely confused. Oh, well, I'm a little slow, you know. I'm slow. Good afternoon. I've only got up a few hours. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. That's okay. Good then I panicked. Then I thought, oh, my yeah. days. Good day. Yeah. Good day, good day. Okay. Um, we're absolutely delighted. So last week was our very first face-to-face in-person Success in the City show, live oh, from yeah. Fletcher's, which was amazing. Yeah. This yeah. week, our guest is in New Orleans, which yeah. is just unbelievable. So a massive, massive thank you to, to you, Tom, for giving your time up, and you're going to share your yeah. story of how... Um, you got to listen to our show and, and, and everything like that. And, I, and we're going to have a massive chat about all the sunflowers because I can see lots of sunflowers in the background. Yeah. So we'll very, have a little chat. Nice. This is my, um, yeah. well, here it's National Kansas Day here in the States. Kansas <laughs> is also called the Sunflower State because it's their national state flower. Oh, right. However, it's also the national flower of Ukraine. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Right. Okay, it's not really a Ukraine flag. I just took a blue t-shirt and a yellow t-shirt and pinned them Love together. That. So amazing. I love that. Brilliant. Nice. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So first we shout out to the kids. Any young people who've done amazing things. So San, any young people who've done amazing things? Oh yes, definitely. So um one of my young people today came top of the class in Spanish after getting Ooh. Since she's been with us, and the brother came on, and he he came top in Russian. Oh so wow! Yeah, so we're on fire at the moment. Our kids—they're all doing really, really well, and they're coming on loads. Oh, and another young lady who I just started teaching A level very, very recently since um, the beginning of February. That was it, and she's and she, they'd had no. She's in college, and they'd had no teacher through sickness and COVID, and then what? She's had, she's on a third or four. She had supply after supply. I think she's on a fourth Spanish teacher in 18 months. And um, she got a mark. She needs a B for uni. She's just done a mock exam and got a C. And I said, we'll get you to a B, no problem, because she's hammering it. So I made up really good with that. And um, and the little girls as well. And everything's great. All our young people are flying at the moment. So I'm really pleased. Amazing. So Kate's listening in and she's just... So Archie is a son who's, and he was six yesterday. So happy birthday to, no, oh. not yesterday, Sunday. Happy birthday to Archie. And Archie just said, she looks like Helen. <laughs> but it is me, Arch. So a big wave to Archie if he's listening in, if he's listening. Oh. Um, so I want to give a massive shout, shout out. I'm just going to read it off my phone so I don't miss any of them out. To Isaac, Alex, Zach, Max, Henry, um, and Jack. And they did a big walk. Um, so it's six little teammates and they walked from Old Trafford to Anfield um, for Alder Hayes Children's Charity. And oh. they're only eight. They're eight years of age and they've walked all that way. Um, and they've raised £3,110 so far. Wow. wow. So so well done and a big massive shout out to them. Oh, um, oh, and Archie's waved back uh, and he said he loves you. So, and we love you, Arch. Um, yeah, so uh, that's, that's proper cute, isn't it? Um, so Tom, any young people that you want to shout out to? Oh, well, uh, my grandson just played all yeah. choir. What's his name? Luke, Luke Thomas. And he's in the state choir. Yeah, all state choir. And um, he sings bass. Oh. When I was, I was still singing soprano when I was in high school. I don't know. <laughs> bass now, but I guess he has more testosterone than me. Well done, Luke. Fantastic. Well done. Shout out to Luke. Well done. So we've got amazing young people doing amazing things. Um, what success this week um, for you personally? What, what what amazing things has happened to you personally this week? I think we're going to start with Tom. Oh, well, I've been on a weight loss diet all year since New Year's. Because of well, the holidays, you know, I peaked at like 235. 
Today I am 208. Hey! I'm sort of like a stone's pound. You know, we measured in stones here. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, also, the people measured in stones. So I'm not too sure. So how many pounds have you lost? What did you um, say? 230? 20, 20, 25 pounds. Um, 2.2 pounds. Nearly two stone. Nearly two stone. Mm. That's, oh, that's fantastic. Sense. That's amazing. Uh, I need to do that by yeah. next week. Me too. I'm on a diet, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really hard when you live in New Orleans. I can imagine. Everybody cooks here. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. We're all over the place, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, John Howie's listening, who has been our former guest. And John Howie's, um, we're sending him big get well wishes. Um, and he said a stone is 14 pounds. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, so it's nearly 2.2 uh, pounds to a kilo. Um, but yeah, so he's nearly, sorry, pounds. He's put, oh, not poods. Yeah. Well, that's all right. We, we read yeah. it as pounds, and that's cool. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, San, what success for you this week? I've had a few successes, Helen, but, you know, it's always the simple ones that are the best, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So I'm winning at the moment. I've lost three pounds, Tom, since um, Sunday. Because I... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few minutes, yeah. Because I eat so much, Tom. If I'm careful and stick to it, it drops off me. But the problem is, is I'm easily tempted by, like, chocolate and, and things like that. But I've so... Sunday, yeah. Tuesday, religiously, I've lost three, but I lost three pounds by this one. I'll keep going, keep going, keep going, because I'm on a mission now. I'm in the zone. It's March, winter's over, the sun's shining, the daffodils yeah. are popping up, so I'm in a good place. Well done, mate. Um, mm -hmm. And Liz Bentley is listening in, and Liz was our guest, our very first live oh, guest um, last week, and the feedback we've had from it is amazing, um, and, and she's... She's going to be our one of our grown up shout outs, so she'll have to wait and see till the end. You have to keep her listening. Um, but yeah, um, so my success this week, I've had I've had loads as well. Yeah. Um, but it was Phil's birthday, not last weekend, the weekend before. And um, as a surprise, I'd booked a big house in Bala, which is in Wales, and we all went as a big family and just had a boss weekend. Um, so we turned Corey into a vegan plant-based weirdo and took him up in the hills and mountain climbing and with all the dogs and everything like that. And it was just amazing. It was just lovely to all be together because it's been um, a tough two years and people haven't been able to be together um through certain things and um, so it was just lovely to all be together and it was dead and because phil was really poorly over christmas we haven't seen them since christmas so we did our secret santa so we do a big family secret santa in march which is might just become a new tradition to us all um, yeah. and i got some really boss prezzies um but i got um butter bowls have you seen them made out of coconut shells yeah so I'm like a little bit delighted. I was like super, super excited about that. And today I've been for lunch with Phil um, to Auntie Bedell and Uncle Ron. And we went to the oh, refreshment. Oh, um, so that was ace. So uh, so yeah, I've had a boss, uh, a boss nice little weekend. And we've got lots of that exciting things to come, haven't we, yeah, for the rest of the month? on really, just loads. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so we're going to play this or that. Okay. Sandra, are you going to go first or am I going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Tom, Po Boy or Gumbo? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. A Louisiana question. Mm, yeah. I thought that. Normally it would be a Po Boy, but since I'm on a low carb diet now, mm. I'd have to stick to the gumbo without the rice. I'm on a low carb diet as well, Tom. And I'm going to be a gag and I'm going to join in as <laughs> yeah gumbo for me a hundred percent so can we explain to people so po boy i had a po boy is a po boy like a hot like um a baguette thing with because i've had a po boy somewhere tom yeah. you, it was like, um, you explain what it is it's like what northerners call it a submarine sandwich but it's on french bread it's not an official yeah. po boy unless it's on french bread okay and it was original and you know here in new orleans they make it a lot so way back a century ago they started it was some group that was like unemployed or something these poor men who are out of work or something they started this program to feed them with some bakery or something they're extra 
started out as just something that you know like helped you before but they got so popular that they've been around ever since so you don't have to be poor yeah. <laughs> and, and what's gumbo gumbo it's um like it's still it's got okra in it yeah and sometimes like don't even know what okra is but no it's nice lady's fingers isn't it is yeah, it, that, is it like it's, it's like you know what? Asparagus. We used to call okra ladies' fingers here, Tom. Oh, really? Or is that asparagus? I might be telling fibs. I might no, be asparagus lady fingers. It's okra, yeah, yeah. And um, so gumbo often it might have like giant what we call Tom, we call them king prawns, you call them giant shrimp. Yeah, yeah, is it a bit like a paella type? No, it's more liquidy. Okay. Ooh, yeah, nice. Well, there's two main types. It's either chicken and sausage, or else it's seafood. Mm -hmm. And the seafood gumbo usually has a number of different things, like shrimp and fish and crabs and whatever. Wow. Gorgeous. I loved it. I had it when I was there. Did you? Yeah, I don't, not the Pope boys. Um, I might have, but I like gumbo. I really like it. But oh, so I'd, I'd probably go, go, go Po boys. Yeah. If, if yeah. I had to choose one of them, yeah, yeah, because because I, I don't do fish, yeah. What would you go, San? If you had to choose, uh, gumbo, hands down. Gumbo. Um, loads of the seafood's gorgeous in New Orleans, but a lot of it you go. It's um, what we call Tom deep fat fried. It's yeah. I mean it's like coated, so you'll go and you'll have a seafood platter, and you think you get no seafood, and everything's deep fat fried. Every yeah. every bone, every clam, every muscle. Whatever you have, it's deep fat fried or coated, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. if, if you're not into that, it's a bit a bit full on really. It's all right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Well I'm I'm gonna go now. Okay. Jazz or classical music? Tom. Mm. Yeah. Well, I like both. Um I guess. If you talk about live music, yeah, I'd prefer jazz. Because here in New Orleans, there's lots of um, venues that have, well, they stopped for with the quarantine thing, but they're just now opening up. And, and it's great seeing live jazz music. This, like, the symphony, you go to the symphony, it sounds pretty much the same as it would on a recording, like a CD, whatever. But, yeah. But the jazz music is a whole different quality to it when it's um, live. And some of my family play in jazz. Oh, nice, nice. I'd, yeah. I'd go jazz music. I One of my things is I want to go to New Orleans and I want to go to like the big carnival type them and they're all broken down the street and playing jazz and all that. That's my like, yeah. big massive. Yeah. That'd be dead cool. Yeah. We have quite a few festivals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What yeah. about you, son? Um, what was it, jazz or? Jazz or classical. 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 Oh. I know. Classical. I'm not a big jazz person, you know. New Orleans jazz is a bit different. I'm not a big jazz person overall. Classical for me, yeah. that I have to choose between yeah. those two genres. There we go. Okay. All right. Tom, um, working in a hospital, because we'll talk about your job shortly, working in a hospital or out and about in the community? Oh. Um, wow. Well, I did home health once and, um, I spent more time in the car driving around than I did with any people. So that's why at least in a hospital, you're around people and not alone in a car driving most of the time. Here's that's the thing I was, I was living on the North Shore, which is pretty rural and houses are far away from each other, especially with his dairy farms. Even poor people have acres and acres and acres. So I spent a lot of time in the um, in the core. And also with home health, you have to spend all your time starting. So you're looking at the computer while talking to the patient. And they'd rather you, them, you be looking at them. So they feel like as if you're just paying attention to the computer and not them. So there's more interacting with um, in, the, in the hospital. Besides, you can go back and finish stuff if you miss something or whatever. And you can't yeah. do that at home health. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what? I, sorry, I didn't think how we'd respond because I've never worked in a hospital or I was in about the community. I just wanted to know which you chose, and it, 
that actually doesn't apply to me or you, Helen. I don't think in any way, shape, or form. I no, mean, but I if I was teaching, if I was teaching, I would, I, I would want to teach. So personally, I'd like to teach in the community because I quite like. But um, years and years ago, when I lived in Stratford upon Avon, and um, a friend of mine had set up um, like a care service for people, so older, yeah. older adults who you know um, couldn't get out and about and stuff. Oh, and yeah. I said. I said, I'm dead cool going to like have a cup of tea and make lunches and things. And, and I just did it to support her a little bit when because she, she couldn't find staff as she was just getting going. And uh, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. And we used to just yeah. go and used to like make a cup of tea and a sandwich. But it wasn't caring for anybody medically or anything. It was more of a sort of a little companionship and making sure that they were okay. We didn't have to, you know, um, bed bath anyone or anything like that. It was just like a little there. And, and, and I quite liked like going to different people's houses and things and making sure they were all cool. So yeah, that, it was quite uh, so yeah, yeah, I quite liked going out and about. I think a hospital, because I'm like really emotional, I, I, I don't think I could cope with um, dealing with people who, who, who were like written. Although in a crisis, I'm quite good. And if somebody's poorly, I'm really, really good. But I think if I had to do that all day, I think it takes a really strong character. And I think, you know, all yeah. of our services and superheroes um, for being able to do that all, all day, every day is just... It is you know, a vocation. It's an absolute yeah, yeah. What about you, Sam? Would you rather be in a venue or out and about? In a venue, probably. Because as Tom says, you're out and about in the car. Because I've been a rep and stuff like that. When I was 18, I did voluntary work for a year for victims of violence in um, Dean Road off uh, Edge Lane in Kensington. And um, I used to go to like this centre and it was like for pensioners who'd been beaten up and everything basically and just help them. But the the ladies who work there, they used to go, do you want to do this? Would you like to? And I was going, oh, I can't, I'm painting the nails. <laughs> and I'd make the sandwiches and I'd, I'd be made up chatting to them and I, they would like find it and, and I'd think, hmm. So I went, I know, next week I'll bring them and I painted all, and all the pensions were like that made up with them. Oh. I like that type of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the companion and taking them off out for afternoon tea, that type of thing. <laughs> so Tom, hats off to you for your job that you do. Indeed, and we'll find out more about that. We'll find out more. Yeah. Um, so Tom, tea or coffee? <laughs> coffee. Do you, do you drink tea? Yes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hang on a minute, hang on. Tom, when we say tea to you, give me an example of what type of tea you would drink. Oh, normally it's iced tea, like green tea or herbal tea. You don't drink tea. I don't do that. Yeah, so like European tea with milk, is, yeah. is that like a no? It's like that. Like this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's not enough caffeine in tea. Okay, I'll admit that the caffeine is uh, is, the uh, is the hook. I need my caffeine. You don't want to see me without caffeine. <laughs> what about you, Santi, or coffee? Well, you know, I love coffee. I adore it. But because I'm so addicted to it, I'm rationing myself. So I have one, I've got myself back down to one in the morning. So I'm delighted with that. So I have one coffee and then I drink tea and then I look at the coffee and think and I think no no and I just have tea because you know what I'm like when I have loads and everything I go horrendous it gives me headaches and stuff because I'm yeah. so addicted to it. So I'm just having I'm trying to cut right down. So I've been having tea all yes. day. So I so I, I'm tea. I taught myself to like coffee when I was about. I might have been about 27, 28. So I, I just didn't like coffee. And I taught myself to like it because I want to go to New York New York, and ask for coffee. We are so, going to New York. Coffee. And, and I just thought, oh, I yeah, so, so I'll go anywhere, but I just need to ask for coffee because I thought I can't really go in and ask for tea because it doesn't have the same ring, does it? So I used right. to drink milk like a whole cup of milk with like three grains of coffee in a mix and even now i can't have i can't have an espresso or anything like that and if i have two cups if i have two lattes so i'm like a real boss if i have two lattes in the morning at half past two in the afternoon my skin goes alive and crawls and i feel all like jittery so i'm a bit rubbish um i can't do the like proper you know coffee as you drink tom um yeah. i just do like hot milk with a bit of flavoring in it sort of thing isn't it yeah. go on san your last one okay public transport or walking mm. um walking for me 
I mean, if it's within walking distance, um, yeah, well, these days I walk every day because I need the exercise. So, um, see, when I was working on floor, you know, as a nurse, you're on your feet, well, in the old days, you'd be on your feet all the time. So I didn't want to walk when I was off duty. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, um, since I'm not working at the moment, I have to walk every day just to get the exercise. Yeah. And um, this time of year, it's great. Every yeah. walk is a nature walk. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's great. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So from, what would you say, Helen? Oh, a million percent walking. million yeah. percent. Yeah, a million percent walking. I'm not a lover of um, buses and trains. Yeah. And, I like um, to walk where possible, but if I have to get public transport, I quite like the train now. The train. I like the train. And we're really lucky because we've got a train station literally across the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so trains all the way, you know, um, yeah. public transport. Trains are amazing, yeah. Brilliant. Um, okay, last one. Um England or Europe? If you were going on your holidays, would you go to a European city or would you come to England? <laughs> the Tom. The Tom. Yeah. I guess I'd say England because at least um, I have the least amount of trouble with the language. Yeah. See, like on this show, a lot of times I watch it with the subtitles. Even though you're speaking English, it's with the English accent. And besides being from the south, we talk a bit slower here. So um, there's some things I have to like, if I watch a video, sometimes people from up north or something. But we're talking, they talk so fast, I can't, my ears can't listen as fast as they're talking, because I'm from the deep south. So, um, but if I went anywhere other than non-speaking, English-speaking country, it would be France, because I love to this where my ancestors are from. Oh. I look together, but I don't know at this point if I could. Yeah. Get the line. Well, I shouldn't say this in front of Sandra. You'd say any language is possible, right? Right. <laughs> That's quite a word. Any language is possible. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I'll answer that one for me. Going on holiday in the UK or you're abroad. So I would choose abroad. Definitely. Mm. And that's all weather related, culture, food, but predominantly weather, definitely. And I'm I'm a bit the same because for us to go on holiday is bought. I think with the past two years and having, you know, we, we have got an amazing country and we've got lots of different places you can go to. And, you know, we were in Wales at the weekend and it was just beautiful. And, you know, there was we there was we went to Bala where there's a big lake and I went around the lake first thing in the morning and I went for a run and I went up in the hills and I saw um, a rainbow every single day sometimes twice in the one day and when I came home and we arrived in Liverpool and there was a rainbow and today I was I went to see Mark Carr today to pick something up. And as I was parked outside his office, there was another rainbow. So I've seen a rainbow Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. How wow. amazing is that? Incredible. And rainbows that I've never so the one that in on Sunday in Betty Coed was um the lowest rainbow I've ever ever seen. It was unbelievable. It was just amazing. So yeah. I don't know why I've seen so many rainbows because it's a bit of an unusual, I mean, probably because it's raining so much, but it is a bit of an unusual thing to see, isn't it? You know, yeah. So, yeah, so now we know a little bit more about Tom. We are going to speak slightly slower because in Liverpool, we speak really, really quickly. Yeah. Really quickly. And we have a stranger accent as well. So sometimes some of the words that we say might not translate into even though we think we're speaking english um some some of the things we say are slightly different aren't they very much so yeah so okay. sandra you're going to introduce tom you're going to tell us all how you and tom know each other then we're going to hand it over to tom and he's going to tell us his amazing story and then we'll finish off with our usual bits and pieces so there are a couple of ways i could introduce this i could say Tom and I met in a hotel and stayed there for several days or weeks, um, which is actually true. But the, the truth of the matter is, so I have known Tom now. What year was it, Tom? 2005. 2005. Oh, the year when um, Liverpool won at Istanbul. So 2005, okay. And um, in 2005, I met Tom. 
because I was in Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and we were staying in the same hotel. And I'd gone for like a, a city break of about six days with my family. And Tom was just there for like a long weekend, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not too sure. And that's how we met. And we were sort of a group of friends who were like, well, we became friends, a group of people who were thrown together in a situation, really, an absolute like disaster situation. Right. And then um, the island of Ramada. We've always at the island of Ramada, that was it, because it was everywhere, it was flooded around us and everything, right. people going past in rowing boats. So Tom and I have always kept in touch via um, phone and social media now, which is great. And then, so I'm so happy that he watches the show. And you're a bit of our super, a super fan, aren't you, Tom? We're very lucky that you catch Yes, I am a fan. And you've got a very interesting, because someone's messaged me on the phone privately, not on here, and said, oh, why is he wearing a gown? So um, we'd like gown. you to tell everyone, um, a gown, uh, hospice um scrubs scrubs yeah it's not a um it's not a it's not a gown no yeah so they're comfortable yes so if you tell us your story and about the book you've written and the journey you've been on oh lord um wow um <laughs> Well, my Katrina story, the irony of my Katrina story is I was not living in New Orleans at the time. All right. I was living in Georgia, in Atlanta. Oh. And I came to New Orleans for a job interview and to look at places to live because I was planning on moving back. That's right. And it was just supposed to be for a few days. But I ended up staying like a couple of weeks because um, before I was, I mean, the job interview went well and everything was looking good. But before I was able to leave town, this big storm came. <laughs> yeah. We were stuck here an extra week. And um, I was here with Sean, my friend Sean, the musician, singer, songwriter. And this is like supposed to be a goodbye trip because I was moving back and wasn't moving. And it turned out to be more of like a hello getting snow to it because after that we were closer than ever and ended up moving in together the next year. Yeah. So all my plans for moving back to Louisiana got on hold because nobody, even in Louisiana, wanted to live in Louisiana after Katrina. But eventually, it um, things changed, and now I'm back, and I don't plan on leaving. No. Yeah. And what what are you doing work-wise there? What's your actual well, job? I'm trying to retire. Yeah. I've been a nurse for 30 years. Wow. Uh, yes, I'm an old nurse, and um, I'm in the process of trying to retire. I don't know if it's going to work out, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm getting naturally, like all nurses, I'm burnt out on the whole, you know, yeah. direct care, working on the floor thing. Um, a lot of nurses, well, after a certain number of decades, you know, it's just too tiring. You get too burnt yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much. Difficult. People are not always reasonable, and hospital administrations are not always reasonable. Um, you know all of that. And no matter how hard you try, you can never, you know, please everybody. Of course. And um, it's just starting. It's a lot to keep up with nowadays. New technology changes, medications change, treatments change. Mm. You know, it's just so much to keep up with now. But um, if I could do something like uh. Working at a desk, I don't know, a desk job, which a lot of people suggest. Why don't you do that, Tom? With all this several million other nurses looking for those jobs, yeah, yeah. all nurses are burnt out these days. And yeah. those jobs, you have to know somebody. But, I think um, especially with the last two years that we've been through, isn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Really, really, really tough. Burnt out now. And, um, and it was horrifying when, I, when it first started. You see pictures of, like, in New York where they were so overwhelmed Nurses were wearing like garbage bags mm. for personal protection because they ran out of gowns and stuff. That's bad. That's yeah. bad. They don't have the money to give them, you know. Meanwhile, professional athletes and movie stars make millions. They always have money for that. But um, yeah. anyway, I think it's changed now because people are just so much more aware. But um, yeah, it is. Um, hopefully, things will change just because 
people's attitudes are starting to change. You know, like when I remember when I used to watch, I never watched medical dramas, but if you did, the nurse was will always portray as somebody dumb, <laughs> like yeah. that little bright and um, easily fooled and that kind of stuff. And that's not what nurses are. You got to be sharp. You got to be on top of things. You know, especially if you're a psychiatric nurse. So there's people out there with the capacity for evil you wouldn't under, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Tom. Tom. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to ask, how come you decided to move back to New Orleans? Hmm. Well, um, at that time I had, um, Sean and I had broken up and, well, for one thing, I had too many exes in Atlanta and I missed the family. And um, things changed where it was okay for me to move back. Um, I can explain the details later, but don't want to say yeah. it in public. Um, and, um, it's a good thing because my kids all ended up abandoning me. Now, one son lives in Louisiana, one moved to Seattle, one moved to Pennsylvania, and my daughter moved to Tennessee. So mm -hmm. I got back to them before they all left. I mean, we still keep in touch, but you know, it's not the same seeing them in person. No. And all the rest of my family is here. Not many people leave. No. Yeah. Are you in New Orleans itself? now or further out yeah well since katrina everybody's kind of spread out so mm -hmm. most of the family is still in the in the general area so um and like recently there were a couple of funerals to go to when i saw relatives i hadn't seen in decades and it's kind of embarrassing you see a first cousin who you used yeah. to know really well and you don't recognize them if you had yeah. to get i'm sorry who is that you know Oh. Somebody I've known my whole life, you know, they change yeah. so much and people get older and they keep reproducing and you can't keep up with all the nieces and nephews and great nieces and great nephews. You know, it's a very procreative. Mm -hmm. And how how's New Orleans now after so after Hurricane Katrina's because it's mm -hmm. what is it, sixteen been, years, seventeen years? Doing back ever since. Um New Orleans people are resilient. Mm. <laughs> Um, and it's been a slow project, but it was just heartwarming to see all the um, generosity afterwards of people who would come to help, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was great. Um, uh, and just, and I don't know, just so, so much. I mean, like the music business took such a terrible blow because this really, live music is real big here. And um, all these people, like artists and musicians and singers who had no jobs after, you know, they had to shut everything down. Well, it's gradually um, coming back and um, and it's great. I mean, it's still a great city. This year, they're going to have a jazz fest for the first time in a few years. Amazing. Uh, last week, they had Mardi Gras for the first time in a couple of years. In like 300 years of never missing it. Yeah. And we'll see. So far, there hasn't been any news about like outbreaks or... Mm. Um, you know, when you have a lot of people partying outside yeah. in the street <laughs> together, that could be a super spreader event, but hopefully, yeah. well, traveling is more difficult now. So hopefully, um, I haven't heard any, any like spikes or anything. And you know, in New Orleans, it's really not the New Orleanians we have to worry about. It's the tourists. Yeah. They become so calm. They spend a lot of money coming here. So it doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's cold, they're going to be outside on the street partying. Yeah. Yeah. And drunk and everything else. So, um, you know, yeah. but it's still, it's still good to be here. And um, I miss food. No matter where I go, the food is never as good. Yeah, it is. Um, it is um, known for um, for cookery and that and, and all their things. And when I was there, my husband went on a cookery course on the Saturday morning. I took my son to the they had a children's museum, so he went on and oh, we yeah. went. To the, and the lady was talking. She said, "Oh, we hadn't had the telly on, you know. We knew there'd been a storm in like all of Florida way, and um, I, I we didn't know anything about it." And she said, "Oh, there's a storm coming, you know. We're not actually going to get." And I said, "All right." And then when my husband came back from his cookery, I said, "Oh, apparently," and he said, "Yes, yeah, someone said that." So then we put the the. Um, the TV on and Jed said, Oh, did you bring your license? And I went, Well, no, we were only, you know, we weren't gonna hire a car, and he hadn't brought his, and um, we just had our passports as ID. 
So we thought, oh, let's see. And then we re- we couldn't. Get, I rang the airline, couldn't get out or anything. And then we really sort of stuck. And he said at the hotel, when are you booked to? And there were people trying to book into the hotel, like local people trying to book to stay in the hotel instead of their own homes because it was like quite a solid structure. And um, I remember um, they said, when are you booked? And I said, oh, well, we're here till like we got on the Thursday. I think we were going on the Tuesday and this was Saturday. And they said, okay, you can stay. And the guy who managed the hotel, he'd been told to just get rid of everybody. And he said, I'm not doing that. And he threatened to he got his job back, but he, he near lost his job because he was adamant he was looking after everybody. So he was sort of like, ooh. So people said, go and get some food in if you can. And so we just strolled out. We went out for dinner the Saturday night. We just went out for tea, as you do. We went to the garden district. And then the next day, everyone was saying, oh, no, this is actually going to be quite bad now. So go and get water, go and get one. So we went to the, was the hospital next door. And they had a vending machine and we bought some stuff there. And um, and then all hell broke loose, really. And, and that was it. It was just uh, no. horrendous, wasn't Wait. it? I took my kids to the Children's Museum once. Oh, yeah. I have to tell a story. Okay, I was living in Atlanta and only came to town a few times a year. And my daughter, who was like six or seven at the time, wasn't feeling well that day, but she decided to go anyway because I didn't come in that often. So we went to McDonald's and the usual thing, I let them get whatever they want, you know, eat themselves, take what they want. And then we went to the IMAX theater, you know, with the 3D glasses. Oh, yeah. Yes, now I had never worn 3D glasses before. It didn't feel like yeah. So after a while, she started getting dizzy looking yeah. at the 3D thing. And then after a while, she still wasn't well felt, feeling nauseous. And she thought she was going to grow up. So I like grabbed her and ran to the, close to the door where the nearest trash can was so she could just in time. She made it there so she could throw up in the trash can. Oh, God. However, it turned out it was not the trash can. It was the bin they put the glasses in afterwards. <laughs> so we promptly left them. That's a red face. That's a great red face. Red face. Oh, I love that. That's, That's amazing. Great. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> we have to leave. Come on. I know. So going back to, to, to New Orleans and where you are now and um, you know, your what is your sort of day jobby? So I know you're looking to get out, but previous to what your story of how did you become um a nurse? Was it something you've always wanted to do? Was it something that you oh, fell God. into? Well, when I was married, I, I wasn't able to pursue anything because I had a very high-maintenance wife, I'll put it that way. And of course, we're busy having babies all the time. Um, it's like what Catholics do. You know, you birth control, you just keep... That's what we're taught. That's what you're supposed to do. Your purpose in life is to procreate. Well, I had four terrific kids, but um, it wasn't until I moved to um, Atlanta that I went to nursing school. And I always thought about it, and I liked the idea, but... Back then, men didn't become nurses. Yeah. I mean, they were rare. It was like 1% of all nurses. Nowadays, it's not such a big deal. But I remember my um, kids came to visit when I was in Atlanta, and one of them had the chicken pox. Oh, well, I mean, all of them did eventually. Yeah. But I was taking care of my son, Matthew, putting the calamine lotion on and things and all. And he was surprised that I was in school because he didn't know grown-ups went to school. And I said, we are all on studying to be a nurse. And he looked at me and said, well, you can't be a nurse? Boys can't be nurses. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm taking care of you now that you're sick. You know, aren't I doing a good job? And he said, yes. He said, well, there you go. I can be just as good a nurse as any female. Though it used to be there was a term, male nurse. Like it was something different. That's right. And yeah. now you're just a nurse because it's not such a big deal. Now, I remember meeting a... Um, I don't remember where they're from. A friend of a friend who was from somewhere in Europe, where in that language, you probably know it, Sarah, but um, Sandra, but um, there's a totally different word from from nurse and male nurse, female nurse and male nurse. And it wasn't just like um, the difference in genders, like saleswoman, salesman. It was a totally different word. And I thought that was interesting. I don't remember what language it was. I was going to say, yeah. Um, I don't remember what I was 
Anyway, and but when I first started, you know, the people would ask me, you know, are you a male nurse? <laughs> I'd say, well, last time I checked. Um, <laughs> another good line is, well, no, I take care of female patients too. But usually, I, Tom, Tom, you should yeah. have said, well, I was a doctor, but it killed someone. So they put, so put me on nursing duties, but I'm still really good. <laughs> No, that that wouldn't that wouldn't. That wouldn't have gone down well. <laughs> it's hilarious. And there were times when I first started that some female patients would say, "No, they refused to have a male nurse." Yeah. Of course, you don't know what their background is. They could have had an abusive father, who knows what. But it was pretty common to have nurses say, "No, I don't want him taking care of him." You know, because yeah. now they'll let the male doctor do anything, yeah. inspect them, any part of their body, inside and out, and everything. That's okay. But as a nurse, male is just something different. Well, you know, we all got to be some gender. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about your book you wrote anyway? Did you say you entered in a, in a competition? All right. Um, a short story. I'm still working on the book that I'm writing, but yeah, this was like, um, oh, this is back in um, Atlanta. Uh, this couple of them was doing this writing contest. Look at all the details, but um, I ended it with, and there were about something like 20, 30 other stories, and they told me it's one of the best. And when they published the book of all the best stories, um, they said I had a good chance of winning. Well, as it turned out, the couple had all kind of problems, uh, deaths in the family, I mean, totally disrupting. They had to drop the whole project altogether. However, the good about thing about it was he got me to write this story and put it all together and so now i've, I've shared it and, um a lot of people have enjoyed it <clears throat> but and can still, we get this story anywhere if I, if I get where yeah well i have an email i can send it to you if you want oh yeah we'd like it we'd like to have a, a bit of an email uh, going will, on there with story. well I, I took pictures while we were there and they were saved in the computer and i wish i still had them but I was seeing my sisters and the computer didn't work anymore and it was in her shed and so well, it doesn't work and she threw it out. Well, even though the computer doesn't work, you can still get the pictures from it, but they're gone forever, so it's okay. But um, but there's lots more, um, but it's still a lot. You just have to imagine it. And I remember we started, I don't remember, Andrew, if you remember, we were talking about well, what if they make a movie of this? You know, we all wanted to choose who we get to play us. <laughs> Somebody said with me it should be Liam Nielsen, I think. Oh, Liam Neeson, good shout, yeah. Um, or who's the other one? Harrison Ford, any one of these older guys. Anyway, <laughs> I haven't submitted to any, you know, studio who wants to take it as a screenplay. Anyway, but it is an interesting story and it got me writing. And nowadays, um, when things come up, you know, I have this national day calendar. Every day is a day for something. National yeah. Popcorn Day. Today's National Kansas Day or Sunflower Day. And um, so I write little stories. And now I've started saving every one of them. Because like you would say, National Bologna Day. Mm -hmm. um, I have lots of stories about that because I hated bologna when I was a kid. Um, um, but you know, some people love it, some people don't. You know, one of the stories is back in, in the old days, Catholics couldn't eat meat on Friday. Yeah. And if once you reach your the six the six year old first grade thing where you make your first communion, you can't eat meat anymore on Friday. But younger than that, you can. So I remember getting a bologna sandwich when my older sister got a cheese sandwich, and I thought I'll be glad when I can't eat meat on Friday, so I can get a cheese sandwich instead of bologna. So, you know, what was the sacrifice there? Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be a sacrifice, but I was looking forward to having cheese instead of bologna, so it just shows the quality. Anyway, so I told stories like that. Um, so I started saving them too, so I don't know what I'm going to do when I get them all together. Maybe just publish it as a book with all. But there's so many things that, you know, bring to mind stories. And now I'm getting to the age where there's so few other people who remember the same memories as me. Yeah. And some of the people even still around, they don't remember. So I have to start writing a lot just to have... Somebody's got to listen to these stories. Few and fewer people 
or laugh to remember the old days. Yeah. And um, it's yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, and so I've been through a lot in it's, stories, but, uh, it's true that Tom because like in our working environment we have young people and in business and things like that and you'll talk about things and then you've got three people looking at you because they don't know what you're referring to because it's something that they've never heard of or and where were yeah. we the other week at a meeting a breakfast meeting and someone said a famous person and they had to look it up and show um one of the guys Yasmin was, Laban it was Yasmin Lebon, that's right. One of the guys says something about Yasmin Lebon, the, the model. And the, he went, sorry, who's that? And they were like, oh. <laughs> and it's like fame, really famous people and just things you say all the time or they don't, you just don't know what you're talking about, you know. Mm. And even in our lifetime, things have changed so much. And like young people, they can't imagine um, not having a mobile phone, not having an internet. Oh, right. And I said, well, actually, when I was young, people used to, where we live, Tom, people used to say to you, when I was young, if you met, they said, oh, are you on the phone? And that meant, do you have a phone at your house? Because not yeah. everyone had a phone. They'd go to a phone box to speak to right. people and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, so part of the stories that you're saying about, um, I wanted to create a community cookbook. So yeah. I wanted recipes from older generations who, because um, people tend to not cook as much now, you know, they'll buy yeah. processed foods and things. And I thought you've got all of these generations who, um, you know, when the, the, their grandmas have passed the recipes down mm -hmm. or something, but I want the grandmas to, to write. So such and such might be amazing for making, you know, like a, an apple pie, for instance. Right. Um, and then somebody, and I thought if you could get this older generation to all, you would keep those traditions and those memories of, of, of amazing food. I wanted to create like a community cookbook and get the best of the right. best of everybody. Um, so we don't lose it. And it's a bit like your memories, you know, you're saying there's people who are not possibly around anymore or things change so much. Um, it's keeping those little memories, isn't it? And it's nice to pick a book up and read it and think, and I bet you some young people would pick that book up and think, that never happened, that. There's no yeah. way he's made, he's made all that up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. yeah. You can't help but admire, in the old days, people, it was all more challenging coming up with good meals, delicious mm -hmm. meals, tasty, nutritious meals. Yeah. And you get to, I mean, nowadays you have access to everything. Yeah. You know, everything yeah. in the world. In the old days, like, you didn't eat vegetables unless you grew them in your garden. Yeah. You didn't eat chicken unless you raised chickens in your garden. So they had to make the most of what they had. And when you think they're so resourceful back then. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. And they'd um, eat seasonally, wouldn't they? You know, so if it was, you know, we'd eat seed through the season. So if carrots, you know, were in the autumn, we'd eat carrots, then you wouldn't have them in the summer. Whereas now right. you just get carrots whirled uh, year yeah, round. Get anything you. anywhere, just about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people in Europe are like that, though. They would never. One of my Spanish friends said to me, she said, we would never, ever, ever eat strawberries in December on yeah. some floor. It wouldn't enter our heads at all. They would yeah. think, are you mad? You know, they have things when it's the best. And, like, all our, you know, fruits, all the similar size, they don't have that. They don't like it because they think, well, that's not good. It's not fresh or whatever. And you can, when you go into the market, you can smell all the lovely fresh fruit. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's different um, than everything being uniform, you know. I think you're quite right. And just going back to Helen, what you were saying, and um, and you, Tom, about memories and people keeping date from when they were older. One of the things that happened that was very positive was one of the guys at the hotel when we stayed there in New Orleans, um, he had been through, there was a big hurricane, I think it was six, 1968, was it, or something in the late 60s. That's and he, he, took, he was an elderly man, and he told me all about it. And he said, and he'd been a kid then, and he said, right, this is what's going to happen. And had he not explained to me about the noise level and what to expect and when it would be quiet and how loud and like a drone, because you don't realise, if you've never been in a, in a massive hurricane like that, you and because he prepared me, I when it was happening, I thought, yeah, that's what the man said would happen. 
and it was much much better than if I'd have thought. I just thought we were going to be take going to Jupiter at any moment. <laughs> you know, the, the noise, the sheer volume of sound right. was inc It was like a horn, the loudest horn you've ever heard, going yeah. on for hours. It was wow. just so loud, and that was that was the the thing really. You know, when it actually struck. But of course, for us, the issue wasn't the hurricane. It was the aftermath. I mean, we looked out the windows and the, there was a Hyatt, I think, opposite. And um, every, we'd got like a budget deal in the mud. Every window was smashed. Every, you know, all these places right. were, there was, it was, there were cars. We went out and walked around because it wasn't flooded then. You'd have one car there. The next car would be upside down. The next car was fine. It was so random, the damage. And then, of course, although it was extensive in the part where we were, um, but then what happened was the night after I, I heard something. I just heard and I just got up and there was no electricity or anything, but I could see a sparkle out the window because the moonlight was shining in the water, uh, water that hadn't been the day there before. It was a road <laughs> and cars were floating past, just floating past in water like that. And, um, you know, and I hadn't expected that. But And that man had said to me, he said, the issue for us will be if the levees break. He said that, you know. So that was great that that was passed on, you, you know. And I think a lot of people don't accept the wisdom of older people and the knowledge they have and the, as skills, as you said. Because yeah. everybody thinks they know the best, don't they? Yeah. Right. Funny, Tom, what were you saying then? But it could have been avoided. The if well, the levees yeah. had been prepared... Like, I remember George W. Bush saying, well, there's no way we could have known whatever he said. And I'm like, no, I was in grammar school when I heard them talking about, you know, someday there's going to be a lot. We have to fix the levees. We have to upgrade yeah. the levees because someday, well, here it happened. You know, 2005, yeah. the whole city was flooded. Uh, so I thought that was ridiculous. I've been hearing that for years, but, yeah. you know. Uh, what drama that was that was the drama Definitely. it was a drama wasn't it and it well, is like you know it is like being in a movie isn't it you know and these yeah. things are just isn't well, it, you know i knew something was wrong helen when we got to manchester airport and were met with a police escort to get us through the press i was like hello i thought what is that he said we've come to help you and i was like right and it yeah and everything and we had itv everything at the airport all of that wow. And these people rescued us, you know, um, from like a, a queue, queuing up for three pieces of bread in the middle of the night. And these people rescued us that were amazing and took us to their home. And, and we were driving all through the night. And they took us to Denny's and had breakfast because people had eaten and stuff. And um, we had like, you know what it's like here in Liverpool? Everyone knows everyone. And someone yeah. knew someone in the foreign office. Someone else was onto this newspaper, that newspaper. The phone was going... And the foreign office rang their house and they lived in this like little town called Denton outside of Dallas. And they went, who are you people? And they were like, you know, and they were like, are you rich? We were like, no, not at all. But it was just like everyone and even people I worked with who didn't know my, they were phoning people and everyone was like thinking, right, what can we do? How can we help? Because obviously as it went on and on and on and we were stuck there. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And, and it's lovely that you're still, you know, friends. Yeah. Although it was like, you know, a horrendous circumstance that brought you together. It's lovely that you're still friends. You know, I, don't, I don't know about you, Tom, but I got, it was a very life-changing experience for me. But even before that happened at the hurricane was um, just how I saw there was a massive, massive racial inequality. And I've been to America so many times to different parts and naively I hadn't quite anticipated how that was but it was yeah. very like the people at the front of house and the restaurants were white people the people the black people were in the back and it was incredible and I just thought what is going on? and I said to Jed you know if I'd known it was like this I wouldn't have caught and he said the same because we didn't go to South Africa when there was apartheid there you know so I mean I felt very strongly about it and I think one of the reasons I went into teaching to educate people was through that trip because I wasn't a teacher then, you know, I'd finished uni and that as a mature student and it was a real life changing. And also 
the act of kindness we receive from the people who drove through that because a lot of terrible things happen uh, the behavior of some people was just horrendous there it was it was just shocking and um but we also received this immense act of kindness that we saw and for a long time afterwards i remember in a situation and i think well what would trade it what would they do yeah they help this person and i think the act of kindness i received there influenced my character massively and then and gave me strength to like help other people in any situation i could you know and i think if you've been the recipient of an act of kindness like that where someone's taking you into the home and, and let you sleep, you, you know, we stay, they gave up their beds for us and that family and fed it, and then their friends took us to the airport and everything, um, where we got an upgrade to first class and, and everything. So, you know, all of that was just, it was just such an amazing thing to receive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And it's sad that it's such a surprising thing. Like, why should we be surprised that people are helping each other? But, you know, we all just get so skeptical about people in general. Because you hear a lot more about the negative stuff. Always. Yeah, of course, of course. It's one of the things I like about your show is you actually talk about positive things. Yeah. There's other shows where people are bitching about this and bitching about that and complaining yeah. about everything, the economy and politics. And, you know, no, we, we know about that. We hear about yeah. that all the time. What we need to do is hear about the good things people are doing. And there's lots of unsung heroes who... Oh, especially, especially in schools with children, there's teachers who make sacrifices every day that help the children, and you know they don't get any. They're not even paid decently. Yeah, no, you know, a million percent. And nurses, nurses are the same. You know, nurses are the same. And absolutely. Well, it's changing with nurses as far as um, pay goes. Because when I first started as a nurse, I was making the same as mortar bus drivers. That's the transit. In Atlanta, yeah. the more the bus drivers were making the same as me. It was like eleven something an hour. Now it's of course it's a hell of a lot more, but you got to be suspicious. I get emails about well, we're offering ten, fifteen thousand dollars sign-on bonuses, and yeah, well, there's got to be a reason that we're yeah, going to yeah. pay that much to sign on. So yeah. I don't, I don't trust them. It's just too overwhelming, or maybe it's just that I'm getting older. Yeah, older and wiser now, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Okay, so we've only got three minutes left because it's just absolutely flown by. Um, so quickly, we're going to do, we've heard the red face from you, Tom, which was amazing, where you took your little girl and um, she was she was sick in the glasses bucket, which is brilliant. Have you got a red face, Sam? I have, and I thought I'll tell you that tomorrow on the show, and I can't remember what it was. You say yours, and it might come to me. Okay, so last week um, we did our show from Fletcher's, and one of our friends, um, Joe Swinney, couldn't make it. And yeah. Christine Penno gave me a graze board um, to take to Joe to say, you know, we sorry you couldn't make it, but here's, here's some food. So I text Joe, and I said, um, I'm going to drop the food off for you. Um, and it was a bit late. It was about half nine, quarter ten by the time I got home. And I thought it's a bit late to knock at somebody's door. So I'll take it the next day. So I text Joe and I said, um, I'll bring you the food later. So I knocked on the door and her dad was there. So I, I said, oh, this is for Joe. Um, and he said, oh, lovely. She's just gone out. I said, yeah, that's fine. And then um, I went to Autism in Motion where I play racquetball. And the lady there, Joe, was like, oh, isn't that really kind of Christine to um, send me a graze board and stuff? And I was like, what? Anyway, I'd text the wrong Joe to say I was giving her the food. Oh. So I was like, so poor Joe in Autism in Motion didn't get a graze box because it wasn't for her anyway. But she was thinking, oh, how lovely is that that she's going to get a graze board? So never mind. But the right Joe got it. The wrong Joe never. But she's still my friend, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, I know what I did. I texted the wrong parent. Two parents. I teach two kids with the same surname, both girls, both doing GCSE languages, though different ones. And um, I teach them both on a Monday with someone in between. And I messaged the wrong parent to say that the money was due for one of the kids and how they were getting on and everything. But I read big GDPR, I realized, deleted it straight away. But then I had to explain, oh, I'm sorry this happened. So I just felt stupid, really. That was that. Yeah. Not as bad as the plug one from like the woman in battle. I was howling over my plug incident <laughs> on the Wednesday. Yeah, Yvonne. Yeah. So we've got 30 seconds. And Tom, we're going to say a massive, massive thank you for giving up your 
lunchtime is it lunchtime yeah? Yeah. Um, to, to be with us and a massive thank you for watching our show and joining in with us every week it's uh, it's been absolutely amazing to actually put a face to the name and, and see um and and you are our first international um, guest which is another wow. amazing thing yeah, yeah. first out of out of Merseyside guests, let alone the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So do you have a mantra that you live by, a positive quote that you can share with everybody? Oh, um, I think about, you know, we're, um, we're all supposed to love each other. God wants us to love each other as members of the same family and everything. And we all know some people are easy to love and some are difficult. I remember my mother used to say, you're never any closer to God than you are to the person you love the least. So like, so today try to find one of those people on your list of least favorite people or most difficult to love and try to think one good thing about them. And that's yeah, a start. Nice. You don't have to yeah. like them necessarily, but think one good thing and that's a start. Lovely. Everybody we love them. Yeah. 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 Look for the good in everybody, and we will see you all next week. And a massive thank you again, thank Tom, you. for joining us. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you.